My name is Megan James, and I just wanted to say thank you so much for tuning in and welcome to The Megan James Show. So the purpose of our show is to provide personal development, ideas, advice, and tips, as well as business help and advice to entrepreneurs. We are so passionate about helping our local businesses. So most of our interviews are actually with local successful business owners. And when I say local, they're local to the Kernersville Triad, North Carolina area. So... We want to boost the local economy as well as provide real, actionable advice for you guys, our listeners, the future and current business owners listening to the show. So without further ado, here's our show. What's up, guys? This is Megan James coming at you live from the Megan James Show. So today... We are working on our part three of five series about relationships. So last episode, we finished up talking about anger and how to allow it to come out, but in healthy, positive ways. Today, we're going to start with step 13, friendship. So when we begin a committed relationship, there's always some adjusting to do in your friendships. Sometimes the friend's Um, They welcome your relationships, but sometimes they just don't. And they may willingly take a back seat or they may not. And I can tell you from experience that all of our friendships that my wife and I had before we got together, they all kind of had to adjust to our relationship because it was the most serious relationship that we had had um, for both of us. So it took some adjusting there, but we did have to have conversations with them about it. Because friends are precious, guys. And keeping them when you enter into a romantic relationship and keeping them when you enter into a romantic relationship is really important. But it's equally important not to let them dominate or sabotage the relationship. You have to have a careful balance. And that has to be reached between your partner and your friends as well. So it takes a careful balancing because some friends will try to rule your relationship or have the say in your relationship on everything. So are your friends more important to you than your partner? Are they intruding into the relationship territory all too often? Maybe we should talk about some warning signs. Do you regularly ask your friend for advice about the relationship and then follow it? Do you discuss intimate details of the relationship with a friend Things you know your partner would be uncomfortable about you divulging and sharing. Do you prefer an evening with a friend to an evening with your partner? You often cancel plans with your partner because a friend has a problem, however minor it may be, and wants advice. So if any of these ring true for you, listen to the warning bells because three in a relationship never works. And a friend this closely involved is almost certain to be undermining your relationship. Friends like this are seldom supportive of the relationship. They actually may be jealous and just want you all to themselves. It's not necessarily like a a gay thing. You know, if you're a girl and your girlfriend is like this, it's not necessarily that she wants to be in a relationship with you. It's just that they're so used to relying on you and having you around and the stability of you in their lives, right? So we want to make sure that They understand that you want to be in their lives and you want to continue to be in their lives, but 
if they continue stepping on your toes in your own relationship, it's just not going to work. So you have to create this balance. Remember that your partner will always come first. He or she needs to be the person who matters the most in your life. The two of you are a unit, and the people around you need to know that they can't possibly divide you. Keep your friendships within clear boundaries. Friends don't come on dates with the two of you, and they don't take a priority over your arrangements with your partner, unless there's like an honest-to-God, genuine crisis, family situation, family emergency, that kind of thing. It has to be a real emergency, though, because people have a habit of exaggerating their situation to steal your time. And I'm not a big fan of that. If you follow me on social media, you already know this. Stop discussing the more intimate aspects of your relationship with your friends. Some things just need to stay between you and your partner, and they just need to stay private. An instinct will help you here. It'll tell you what these things are. The balance, though not always easy to achieve, is crucial, guys. Friends need to know that they matter to you and that you'll be there for them. But at the same time, make it clear to everyone that your partner comes first. Always remember that a true friend will respect and encourage a relationship that makes you happy and will gladly step back to make room for your partner. There is room in your life for both your partner and your friends. Okay, guys, so we talked about friends. Now we're moving on to family. And we just came out of the holidays, guys. So this is... This should help you a lot um, moving into the new year. Some things to keep in mind. Um, but after friends, it's time to look at the role your family plays, both yours and your, your partners in your relationship. Some of the advice on friendships can actually also apply to your family. But there are other more complex and subtle ways in which family members can actually interfere in your relationships. So be on the lookout for these that I'm about to list and just nip them in the bud early. No matter how precious your mother, father, sister, brother, auntie, uncle, cousins are, they are not the person who will live with you, share decisions and choices with you, have children with you, and shape a life together. They have their own lives, and they need to take a backseat to yours. Your family may be deeply important to you, but your relationship is the most important of all. It is about your future, not theirs. So, take a look. I'm going to list some things for you, and... Um, it's some ways that possibly your parents or just your family in general might be undermining your relationship. So see if any of these ring true for you. They criticize your partner in subtle or not so subtle ways. They constantly give advice on how to run your relationship, home life, and so on. They offer money to you or your partner in a way that upsets the balance of the relationship. Guys, finances are always a no-no. They're always an off-limits topic. That's your business. Even if it's good, bad, it doesn't matter. That's your business. They demand an impossible degree of attention. They bribe you or your partner to leave the relationship. Maybe they promise an inheritance or promise to buy you a nice car or something like that in order for you to leave your relationship is the only way that you could have those things as a bribery. They compete with you. So... It may not be uncommon for a man's mom to compete with his new partner who can get the best gift, who had the best dress, who got him this, who who knows him better. It's it's weird, but it can happen. Bullying. Maybe they bully. Or they insist that the relationship won't last. So if any of these are threatening your relationship, it's time to take action. 
Stop sitting on the back burner and watching it. Be absolutely sure that the role of family members is to be supportive and encouraging, offering help or advice with sensitivity or only when they're asked. They're not just, you know, volunteering information when they're not asked. Be firm and set boundaries and resist their interference. This can be done without causing drama or estrangement, believe it or not. Just simply say thank you, but no. Or brush criticism aside while making it clear that your relationship is solid and strong. If they think that you have even a small weak link in your marriage or relationship, they're going to jump in. Interfering relatives can and often do destroy a relationship. Of course, there are times when partners or family members have genuine concerns about a specific problem. And if this is the case, thank them for their concern and decide for yourself what action to take. Always remember that the relationship is your decision. You don't need anyone else's permission or approval for your choice of partner. If the relationship is right for you, that's all that matters. As an adult, you get to celebrate your own successes and deal with your problems and mistakes. All right, guys, we're moving on to step 15, trust. So to have a successful relationship, you obviously need to be able to trust one another. And to trust one another, you need to behave in a way that is trustworthy. Trust without foundation only leads to hurt and disillusion. Trusting someone the minute you meet him, though you may have a strong instinct that he's trustworthy and want to follow it, is inappropriate. Even if you feel this way, go slowly. Wait until you know that this person is truly as trustworthy as you hoped he or she would be before you invest your trust in him or her. Many people trust too soon and they get hurt because of it. Others stay suspicious and refuse to trust, even when they're with someone who's clearly worthy of trust. When this happens, they're bringing their lack of trust from the past into the present. So how do you know if someone's worthy of trust? Guys, this is something I struggled with in my relationships. You know, I trusted somebody too soon and they hurt me. And so from then on, I carried the suspiciousness with me in every relationship. And it almost hurt the one I'm in now, but I've figured out how to trust people and some signs to look for. So I'm going to give those to you now. Some signs to look for of if your partner is worthy of trust. Does your partner do what he or she says he or she will do? This is crucial indicator of trustworthiness. You have a right to expect someone who says they will phone on a certain day or they'll call you, they'll text you at a certain time. And the same applies to everything else your partner says they'll do an indication of, you know, how compliant they are with their word. If they give you their word, do they stick to it? That stickability is a great reference point for if they're worthy of your trust. If your partner is always too ready with excuses, be warned. Unreliability is immature, selfish, and often a sign of deeper untrustworthiness. So does your partner have secrets? If he or she won't tell you things about him or herself or behaves in a secretive way, ask yourself what he or she might want to hide. Behaving in a trustworthy way yourself is also important. You can't expect to attract someone worth trusting unless you're worth trusting too. So make sure that you act in an open, honest, consistent, reliable, and fair way. If you believe that your partner is behaving in an untrustworthy way, you must decide whether you will accept this or not. Explain your worries and fears and don't invest trust until you know that this is the right thing to do. However, be alert to the danger of being overly suspicious. If you're refusing to trust someone who's behaving in a clear and open way, then you need to make changes. Recognize that your doubts belong in the past, where they got started. 
with some other situation or some other person. Maybe someone else, a parent, for instance, abandoned you, and now your fear of abandonment is holding the relationship back. Look at your partner with fresh eyes and be willing to trust where trust has been earned, but always behave in a way that is worthy of that trust. Crucial, crucial step, crucial advice. Um, my issue was always, I fear being hurt. So I protect myself. I used to distance myself in every relationship. So I'm telling you guys, when you start figuring out what your ticks are, where your problems lie, relationships become a lot easier. Moving on, step 16, appreciation. So, so often we begin a relationship full of appreciation, noticing the little things that our partner does for us and loving everything about him or her. Then all too soon, we get so used to having one another around, the special things become ordinary and that appreciation is lost. You start taking your partner for granted. So today, remind yourself of all the things that you appreciate in your partner and the relationship. Appreciation is about making people feel good about themselves, counting your blessings, and focusing on all that is good. Sometimes we notice and appreciate, but we don't say anything. Voicing that appreciation and letting your partner know what you value or appreciate about him or her the most is always a good move in a relationship. If you happen to notice and comment on the ways in which your partner is kind, generous, brave, supportive, and encouraging, the qualities you love about him or her, they will feel cherished. Learning to appreciate can also help you find the good in any situation and turn potentially difficult or unhappy situations around. So guys, I call this acting on gratitude. Having gratitude in your life is a necessity about everything. You need to have gratitude for being here today. You know, I think experts say there's like a one in three trillion chance that you would be born and you would be the person you are today. So that's that's a big, big ratio. Um it's a huge, huge deal that you're here today and that everything is going the way it is. So having gratitude in the moment can help you irregardless of the situation. And that can be everything from your relationship to your career to just life in general. Having gratitude and then acting on it by showing appreciation, that's what it's all about. So we're going to do a quick exercise. List 10 things you appreciate about your partner. Have fun with the list. Add more things as you think of them. You might even include things like qualities such as generosity, loyalty, courage, or humor. Maybe some talents such as being a great lover or cook. And yeah, guys, that's a big deal. Like, are they good in bed? You need to know. Um, list some developed skills such as rock climbing, um, an advanced degree they may have. You know, do they do martial arts? And honestly, there's so many things that you could, you could list here. It's kind of crazy. But what are the things that you appreciate? Um, Commitment to the relationship, that's another one you can list. How he or she takes responsibility for aspects of his or her life. Hard work. Um, their sense of dress, you know, do you like the way he or she dresses? Appearance or voice. Sensitivity in difficult situations. Willingness to support you emotionally and or financially. So take time, list these qualities out, and... Um, Take a breather, come back, and we're going to have another exercise for you. Um, and also, guys, be sure to download that PDF before you listen to today's podcast episode. You can follow along in the PDF. We'll have spaces for all this. Um, so moving on to the next exercise. Now I want you to make a second list of qualities that you appreciate about yourself. Because this is just as important as appreciating your partner. Now, for some reason, this one is always harder for me. But, um, you know, same same list 
listed above. Use that to see what you can appreciate in yourself. And this one's hard for me. It took me a lot longer to find things I appreciated about myself than my partner. After you're done with that, I want you to make a third list of aspects of your relationship and the way the two of you are together that you appreciate, adding to them as they occur to you. So you might include things like the way you've stuck together through problems and rough patches or how you both deal with arguments and find the resolutions or the laughter and fun in the relationship, your ability to balance being together with other demands in life, uh, romantic gestures you make to one another, the way you put one another first, mutual contributions to running the home, willingness to be flexible about decisions, responsibilities each of you take in your joint life, the support you give one another in doing what matters to each of you. Um, you know, just, just spitball it and find the things that you appreciate the most. As you write the list, you're going to be so surprised by how much you're grateful for. Make appreciation a habit from now on. Every step, find three things to admire about your partner and make sure you communicate them. I like to do my gratitude um, at the beginning of every day. I, I find five things I'm grateful for and I write them down in a notebook. Um, you can do this with your relationship as well. I generally do them. Um, I do one for like life in general, one for relationship and my partner. And that, that helps me so much to start the day on a positive note and really just be grateful for what I have. All right, guys, we're moving on to step 17, money. So all too often, money becomes a problem between a couple and a major source of arguments and tensions. And this isn't surprising. This isn't news. This is something that, you know, has been published for a long time. When you enter a relationship, you each take all kinds of money issues and attitudes with you. So all that garbage from your past, maybe your belief about money, inherent belief about money that maybe you learned from your parents, like maybe they told you money was bad. Um, a root of all evil or something like that, and you're carrying that weight around, it's going to mess up your finances. So each of you have your own baggage that you're bringing in. Um, but a compromise has to be found. Even when one partner's point of view can be very different from the other, there has to be common ground negotiated. And for this, you're going to need plenty of tolerance and goodwill. So some examples of different attitudes to money. One of you thinks the other spends far too much, or thinks the other person is mean. One partner earns more and resents being the major breadwinner. One partner earns much less and feels inferior or resents being dependent. One of you hates figures and leaves the other to take charge of the accounting. One of you thinks all will work out in the end while the other worries and frets. Priorities can't be agreed between the two of you. For example, you want a mortgage, but your partner wants extra holidays or he or she wants to save a little while you want to eat more often, those kinds of disagreements. So to answer all these problems and any others that have been identified in your relationship, it's a blend of compromise, understanding, and negotiation. No matter who earns the most, you should both have an equal say about joint spending issues. The bigger earner doesn't have more clout in this case. Agree from the start to listen and respect one another's point of view. Sit down in peace and quiet and in a good mood and put all the money issues and decisions on the table. Even the stuff that you feel bad thinking to yourself, put it out there and say it to your partner so it's out there. You've aired it. There's no holding it in and sitting on it and just getting sicker at your stomach. Go through each issue one by one, taking turns to have your say. Look for areas of compromise. For example, could you save a little more and still go out to dinner reasonably often? Could you offer a smaller mortgage and manage one extra holiday, perhaps a weekend break, each year? 
Agree who is in charge of bookkeeping and plan to meet regularly, weekly, or monthly to keep up to date on finances and make decisions for the future. Guys, we meet up weekly. Weekly, 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 and we balance our checking account. Um, we had too many issues come up that we had to start doing that, and we just touch base with each other to see where we're at for meeting our monthly quota of savings and things like that. So I highly recommend doing it weekly. Uh, pick a time. Make sure you pick a time that you're in a good mood. Like if it's a bad day, don't do it that day. Um, but make sure that you both have your own money as well as a joint fund. And that's exactly what we did. We actually have a bunch of separate banking accounts, like a savings and checking and money market for both of us. And then we have our joint checking and money market. So I highly recommend doing that. Um, ideally, keep your separate accounts plus a joint account for the household expenses. So we, at each paycheck, we automatically deposit whatever is in our paycheck, like a certain percentage into the joint account. So bills come out of our joint account is taken care of. It's less stress. And I highly recommend doing that. Um, agree that neither of you can comment on how the other chooses to spend personal money. Only the money in the joint account is up for negotiation. So if your partner wants to go buy a case of beer, if they're using their own money, you have no say. It's their money. They earned it. They went to work for it. The key to resolving money tensions is to keep everything open, uncomplicated, and clear. Be willing to find a compromise to any problem, however insoluble it seems. Just don't let money come between you guys, ever. Moving on to the last step, step 18. Look at yourself. Crucial. I saved the best for last. Today, you need to focus on the way you look after yourself in the relationship. Women especially often concentrate all their energies on their partners, but of course, this can happen the other way around too. When all your attention and energy is expendable on the other person, you neglect your own needs and desires. And what happens then is almost always bad for both of you. Just as you're trying to meet your partner's needs and give him or her everything he or she wants, so you expect your partner to look after you and give you what you want. This can be a recipe for disaster. Guys, I always say lower your expectations. In fact, don't have them because um, we place our expectations for ourselves on others, and that's why we have disappointments so often. As you discover your needs aren't being met, you get whiny, resentful, and needy, which makes you steadily less attractive. Your partner, feeling under pressure, wants to run a mile. In fact, the pressure on your partner is doubled. He or she has you trying to please him or her, which can feel like a big burden, and then has the added pressure of being expected to look after you. In, efforts, in your efforts to please your partner, you're actually making him or her and yourself miserable. If this is happening in your relationship, be honest and recognize it's time to stop. This scenario can break a relationship very quickly, and it's so sad because there's no need for it. So here's an exercise to help you guys out. Break that needy, pleasing cycle. Start developing your selfish muscle. Being selfish can be a good thing because it means learning to look after your own needs and wants without expecting someone else to fulfill them for you. Sit down right now and ask yourself, what do I want? I want you guys to list 10 things you want, which you would normally do without or hope that your partner would provide. For instance, you might want to have time to read or paint, to have a cup of tea in bed in the morning, a foot massage or a special dinner, or to redecorate the home. Getting the hang of working out what you want can take a while, so add to the list as you think of more stuff. How many things on the list could you provide for yourself? Probably all of them. Begin right now today with something you can do for yourself. Make this a habit. Every time you feel grumpy, critical, or sorry for yourself, think about something that you really want and either give it to yourself or plan to as soon as possible. Stop doing everything for your partner. Give up trying to anticipate what your partner wants or trying to fix things for him or her. Stand back and let them sort things out for themselves. 
behave towards one another in a caring way, but don't overdo it, or caring can become smothering and overwhelming. The antidote to smothering behavior is to keep bringing the spotlight back to you. The more you put the spotlight on your own needs, the less you will put on your partner's. Every time you're tempted to fuss and do something for your partner, which he or she doesn't really need you to do, do something for yourself instead. A huge amount of pressure on the relationship will be eased and you'll be a lot more fun to be around. I also um, want to interject here and state that things like doing dishes, vacuuming, um, we have a habit of getting resentful if we're the one doing them over and over and over and over and over again, right? But here's the thing. When you were single... Who did your dishes? Who took out the trash? Who made your bed? Who did the daily task every single day? Who fed the dogs? You did. You did all that while you were single. There's no difference now. Just because you're in a relationship doesn't mean you get to expect your partner to do everything as well. Stop expecting people to do those things. You provided for yourself this long. You can continue to do so without expecting them to do that for you. It's just about being realistic with yourself. You have to sit down and get over your own stuff before you can really start to work on your own relationship, which is why we're doing all these exercises, guys. So I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. I hope it's helped you move past some things that have been hindering your relationship. And as always, if you have any questions, any input, or any comments, you know, questions, concerns, please let us know. You can find us on Instagram at legacy underscore lifestyle underscore coaching. You can find us on Facebook. We have two pages, Legacy Lifestyle Coaching and The Megan James Show. Hit us up on either of those. Twitter is MegloJ161. Any of these work. Any of these channels work. You can get up with us on any of them. And we're happy to hear from you guys. We set up polls all the time to see what kind of content you want to see more of. Um, So we'll be putting out more about that later. So I hope you guys had an excellent Christmas, wonderful holidays, And I hope you're moving into the new year with the drive to really make this your best year yet. All right, guys. Later. Thanks for listening, guys. And if you haven't followed us on social media yet, what are you waiting for? Find us on Instagram, legacy underscore lifestyle underscore coaching, or on Facebook, The Megan James Show. For our coaching page, Legacy Lifestyle Coaching. We're everywhere, guys. And if you haven't told your best friends and family that this is the greatest leadership and business podcast in the world, I know I'm watching you. So please, guys, like, comment, and share it up. We appreciate your support.